We start today with the good little Supreme Court. They're really being a good little Supreme Court for Donald Trump, aren't they? The Supreme Court is serving Trump, announcing that they will take up his claim of presidential immunity, which bolsters and confirms Trump's delay strategy as this will push one criminal trial out further. The New York Times reports in taking up Trump's immunity claim, Supreme Court bolstered his delay strategy by scheduling a hearing for late April on the former president's assertion that he cannot be prosecuted for his actions in office. The justices increased the chance that he will not face trial by Election Day. This was Trump's strategy. And by gosh, those three Supreme Court justices that Trump nominated are going to help him out. The Supreme Court that former President Donald J. Trump helped to shape, writes Alan Foyer, tossed him a legal lifeline last night, making a choice that substantially aided his efforts to delay his federal trial on charges plotting to overturn the 2020 election. By deciding to take up Trump's claim that presidents enjoy almost total immunity from prosecution from any action while in office, the justices bought the former president at least several months before a trial on the election interference charges can start. This is what we feared, and it is happening. There's an article in Salon by Thomas Mukasher, which says with the January 6th case, the Supreme Court could take America down the dark road to dictatorship. And there are two elements to this. There's the timing element, which by taking up a hearing on this issue in late April, they functionally and practically delay this trial from starting. If the finding is Trump's immune for everything he did while he was president, it also further generates a precedent which could be used to enshrine dictatorial authoritarian presidencies in the United States. Now, there is another practical idea that is being floated, which makes a lot of sense to me about this, which is the Supreme Court has justices there now, Thomas Alito, who could be interested in retiring in the next few years. They would like to retire with a Republican president in office rather than a Democrat so that their replacements will maintain a right wing court. As such, they are acting in a way to help Trump get elected. The idea being they are going to delay the criminal trial because they have seen the polling that a conviction hurts Trump in the election by delaying the trial. Maybe they help Trump get elected, which ultimately leads to their being able to retire knowing that their replacements will be on the right. Here is Judge Ludig on MSNBC saying this is a big deal. The Supreme Court doesn't have to hear this. They're choosing to do this. The state Supreme Court will hear Trump's immunity case. Well, thank you for having me with you this afternoon, Nicole. Um, I'm just hearing this this moment. <laughs> I just heard it in my ears through um, the... Look, this is a a momentous decision just to hear this case. Uh, there was no reason in this world for the Supreme Court to take this case. Uh, the three-judge panel of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia 
had written a masterful opinion uh, denying that the, uh, the president's claims of absolute immunity. Under the Constitution, the laws of the United States, there's never been an argument that a former president is immune from prosecution for crimes that he committed while in office. Uh, on the more practical level, of course, uh, the court, is, Supreme Court is capable of deciding this very quickly in time that the former president could be tried before the election. Right. But today's decision makes that that much more unlikely. Just explain that fork in the road. If they had refused to hear it, the, circuit, the appeals court ruling would have held and the trial, Judge Tanya Chuckin could have scheduled her trial. Correct. Yes. And, and that's what I. So listen, it's happening again, folks. We warned you about this in 2016. It came to pass by virtue of Trump defeating Hillary Clinton. He got three Supreme Court picks and generated one of the most right wing Supreme Courts in the modern era. As a result, that very Supreme Court may now actually help Trump stay out of prison and potentially end up in office, at which time Thomas and Alito could retire and Trump gets another two Supreme Court picks. We warned you in 2016. It could happen again in 2024. We have yet another judicial decision of relevance to the failed former president. Yet another judge, this one in Illinois, has ruled that Trump should be removed from the primary ballot because of his role in citing an insurrection on January 6, 2021. Cook County judge orders Trump removed from primary ballot in Illinois for his role in the riots, writes uh, the Chicago Tribune. A Cook County judge ruled Wednesday that Trump's name should be struck from the March 19 Illinois Republican primary ballot because he engaged in insurrection in the deadly January 6, 2021 riot. I think it is important to mention once again that this has been immediately appealed. It is going to be subject of more litigation. And of course, eventually, if indeed this holds to the general election, it will not impact the general election result because Joe Biden will win Illinois. Illinois has been carried by Democrats for, listen, a very, very long time. Lincoln, I'm sure, won Illinois. Uh, I don't know what when the last Republican to win Illinois was. So we again are finding ourselves in this situation where we have blue states saying this guy incited an insurrection shouldn't be on the ballot based on what the Constitution says. But they're saying it about the primary ballot. And even if it holds to the general election ballot, it would not affect the path to 270 electoral votes because of the heavily blue nature of Illinois. So it is the right decision. Clearly, when you look at Section three of the 14th Amendment, if you've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, you can't serve if you have incited an insurrection. And that is what Donald Trump did in practical terms. Does this change anything about the general election? Not directly. If indeed this generates an environment in which even red states are willing to make similar decisions, then we might have something to talk about. But it is yet another state. Donald Trump does not have the money. He doesn't have the money to put up the bond to appeal one of his recent verdicts against him. And he is begging the court for a discount. There is a lot happening here. 
Reuters reports Trump loses bid to pause $454 million judgment in the New York civil fraud case. Um, the decision was made by Associate Justice Anil Singh. Trump must now find the cash or post a bond to prevent New York authorities from seizing his property while he appeals. There is a problem, though. In asking for the stay earlier on Wednesday, Trump's lawyer said he's unable to post a bond for the full amount while he appeals. He instead wants to secure a $100 million bond. A bonding company would be on the hook for any payout if Trump loses his appeal and proves unable to pay. So understand what's going on here. The amount here is four hundred and fifty four million dollars. And under normal circumstances, you would have to put that amount up in order to further your appeal. Trump is saying, I don't have that much. I would like it to be one hundred million dollars. And Trump wants to get a, a, a essentially a bondsman. It would be a company, a larger company in this case, so that he would only have to put down a fraction of the hundred million. Why would this be the case? Well, it's because Trump does not have the money. If you look at what was filed by his lawyers, you see that it says in the absence of a stay on the terms herein outlined, properties would likely need to be sold to raise capital under exigent circumstances, and there would be no way to recover any property sold following a successful appeal. What Trump's lawyers are saying is he doesn't have the money unless he sells property. And if he sells the property and later wins on appeal and recovers the money, the properties would be sold and he wouldn't be able to recover them. Trump is saying, I just don't have the money. When what he said previously during this case is that he is so wealthy because of the values of his properties and he is so wealthy that he shouldn't even need to post a bond because his vast wealth is security enough. Now he is saying, I don't have the money. So do we believe this or do we think he's lying? When is he lying? Which is the lie? We're going to talk about it a little more in the next segment. But understand that whatever billions Trump claims to have on the basis of bogus real estate values in terms of cash, he seems to have very little and it reinforces the findings of the fraud that Trump regularly overstates his financial position. More on this after the break. Hunter Biden testified yesterday in Washington, D.C. behind closed doors. It was completely uneventful, completely uneventful. And desperate Republicans don't know what to do. So James Comer comes out and says, we're going to do more impeachment stuff. These people are desperate after getting nothing usable from Hunter Biden. Uh, deposition still ongoing. I have a bill on the House floor. I'm going to run across the street. Uh, Republicans are, are still uh, currently asking questions. But uh, I think this was a great deposition for us. Really? Uh, it proved several bits of our evidence uh, that we've been uh, conducting. They've been conducting evidence. What the hell is Comer talking about? About this investigation. Uh, but there are also some contradictory statements that I think need further review. Uh, so this impeachment inquiry will now go to the next phase. I have to tell you, all they have is the allegation of some inconsistencies between what Hunter Biden said and what other witnesses said. That is actually really common. 
It may be that different witnesses have different recollections of events, and that is really not a blockbuster. If they had a blockbuster, they would have told us what it was rather than there are just some inconsistencies comparing Hunter's testimony to other witnesses. And by the way, just to give you a sense of the circus atmosphere, here is Hunter Biden in D.C. for this testimony. And you hear a reporter yell, was the cocaine at the White House yours? Was the cocaine at the White House yours? Um, a complete circus atmosphere. And what I want to focus in on after the break is the reaction to this testimony, the reaction from Fox News, the reaction from Republican members of Congress. And as you will soon see, they have nothing because if they had something, they would be telling us. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, uh, you're certainly not alone. Millions of Americans are searching for ways to just feel better. Many feel they've exhausted every option. They don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, then guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom could be a game changer. Our sponsor Mindbloom can help you potentially feel better faster. I've been reading about ketamine therapy and ketamine treatment for a long time for depression and anxiety. We've done interviews about it on the show. There are many promising studies and Mindbloom is the leader in ketamine therapy. They've helped tens of thousands of people overcome anxiety and depression. Mindbloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better and quickly, not weeks or months. And you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of your home. In a study of over a thousand Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in anxiety and depression after just four sessions. And now Mindbloom has new programs that go beyond just depression and anxiety to overcome life's everyday challenges. Mindbloom is offering my audience $100 off your first six session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash Pacman and use the promo code Pacman. Break free from the anxiety, the depression, feel better with Mindbloom. That's M I N D B L O O M dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for $100. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of our sponsors today is Manscaped, your destination for male grooming. Manscaped's new lawnmower 5.0 trimmer is your key to looking and feeling good all over. It's equipped with two skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever you want. And it's waterproof so you can use it in the shower for guys who want the full grooming experience. Go for Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0, which comes with the lawnmower trimmer, but also the ear and nose trimmer. 
and some essential aftercare products like the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Deodorizer, plus two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. Manscaped is trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, including me. There are only a couple of products like this on the market. Manscaped is the one you want to go with, whether you're shopping for yourself or a guy in your life. Go to manscaped.com and use the code Pacman for 20% off and free shipping. That's M A N S C A P E D.com. Then use code Pacman to get 20% off and free shipping. The info is in the podcast notes. All right. So Hunter Biden testified yesterday in Washington, D.C., behind closed doors. We're going to look at some of the various reactions to the testimony. Many Republicans saying, well, now it's time for a public hearing. Uh, I want to give you the big picture. The big picture is if Hunter Biden had said anything truly damning or damaging yesterday in his testimony, Republicans would be leading with it. And we have some examples of even right wingers conceding this. Let's start with Fox News and Neil Cavuto. Neil Cavuto, for all of his faults, has been pretty consistent with regard to the Biden crimes conspiracies. If they really had evidence here, particularly if anything connected to President Joe Biden, they would be telling us that we would know it by now because it has been years. Neil Cavuto pointing out they don't really seem to have anything that, like that. And the reporter Aisha Hasney says, you would think that they would be leading with that if they had it. Take a look and remember, this is even Fox News now, the slightly more sane and rational elements of Fox News acknowledging they don't really seem to have anything. This went on for the better part of six hours, as you said, I should know that a lot of stuff they have on Hunter and they've been trying to connect a lot of that stuff to dad. Now, I wasn't attending this you know, behind closed doors meeting and uh, obviously neither were you, although your sources are far better. I, 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 I'm wondering if there is stuff that they connected to dad because Comer's remarks were very, brief, right. very short. And if he had found anything that was, he certainly would have left it the chance to say it. You would think that he would have led the entire uh, commentary just a few moments ago with whatever he seems to have found. Right. What's interesting, Neil, yes. all day has been Democrats have been coming out and sort of like on a media blitz, talking to anyone and everyone that will speak to them. Republicans have been very silent and almost angry with Democrats for saying anything <laughs> they're saying. I think Chip Roy said there's rules to this, a deposition you shouldn't be coming out and talking about. He was upset that Jared Kushner's name was even brought up, that Democrats are coming out and talking to the media and telling Aww. them what's going on inside. But. Again, I mean, this this would be the make or break deposition for this case. And if there is something that has come out of this and you would think we'd hear about it. If there were even something to hear, we've been doing this for years, folks. Joe Biden has been in elected office for decades and they still have nothing. Even Fox host and reporter Cavuto and Hasney are admitting it. And now we have to look at how backwards things got on CNN for a Republican congressman after and during, quite frankly, a Hunter Biden's completely uncontroversial testimony behind closed doors yesterday. Republicans were not super eager to do media and press, but some of them did. And one such example is Republican Congressman Tim Burchett, who appeared on CNN and was interviewed by Boris Sanchez. 
Boris Sanchez is very good at this, and he doesn't let Burchett get away with the vague claims. What they love to do is say we have bank records, money moved between accounts, but none of that phone records, text messages. Just because you have text messages doesn't mean that there's any wrongdoing and certainly none that connects to Joe Biden. So take a look at how terribly this goes for Burchett as the entire Biden crimes conspiracy crumbles, crumbles. So I'll go back to my question. How much money specifically are you alleging that Vice President Joe Biden made off of his son's business dealings when he was in the White House? I don't know, but if it's a dollar, he's lied about it. And you got to ask, what was the influence there? What is the brand? The brand is the Biden family. The brand is they're not selling a service. They're not selling a product. They're not. He has no qualifications for this. The only reason he was there because he was Joe Biden's son or he was Joe Biden's brother. And remember, so far, he's not even alleging criminality, like none of what he's mentioned is even a crime. And that money flowed through. I mean, they, the money you, you followed it and it flowed even to, to minor children in the family. Now, now, what qualifications do they have? No, come on. I know you're CNN, but the reality oh, is sir, you, you can't this, look at this money. This you can't network. look Let's at this. Let's make this about the facts, sir. No, Let's make you, this about you, the facts. You, well, because this is again, the facts. You're, you're you cannot again, make this. You, you're you, again you, making you, an you assertion. You keep saying the money down. You keep saying the money. Then you say, well, only five million. Well, does that make it okay then? But twenty no, million dollars. No, sir. There is a huge distinction. Pardon me, sir. There's a huge distinction. There's a huge distinction between whether it's appropriate for the family of a president to make money off of his name and whether that's ethical. But the question is specifically about what Joe Biden did when he was in office in vice president, whether he abused his power or whether he enriched his family members. And right now, all claims which Republicans are making, there is zero evidence coming from the oversight committee that when he was vice president, he did either of those things. There's $20 million that flowed through. You saw these accounts. That's open incorrect, up sir. The after, bank records after, don't reflect after. that. No, sir. You're, they they you're, don't you're specifically not, say, I looked at the story. bank records. They don't say that Joe Biden got any money from them. Have you read the bank records? Because they don't list Joe Biden's name. I'm not going to let you, to you, let you talk, say things that are untrue, sir. So, sir, the, the truth is, is that $20 million flowed through this this family, whichever way it went. <laughs> There's no records of, of sir, taxes being paid. Statutes against, have run. And you're, again, you're saying that that is, that is talking okay. point and that what you was repeated. It? Yeah. You know, everything Burchett is saying is conjecture and not evidence of a crime. If they want to back up and say, hey, our new allegation is we don't think rich people always pay their fair share. <laughs> I would love for them to make that the, the calling card. Right. But that's not what it is. And here's a little bit more. This went on for a couple minutes uh, and it does not go well for this guy. There's 20 million dollars that flowed through. You saw these accounts. Oh, and we saw a little bit. Let, let me move forward so we get to the next part. $15 billion of that money never even went to the Biden family. The other five million, there is zero, exactly zero. Where did, indication that, where did that 15 that million to go Biden. to? Where did that? Where did that money go to then? To Devin Archer and there's other over, business associates related to President there's Biden. There's over 20. There's over what? There's over 20 shell corporations. Why would you set up a shell corporation that had absolutely nothing? There's actually evidence from the oversight committee that those corporations had no. legitimate business dealings. You may define them as shell corporations what are the they? way that you see then, it. Then what are they? Some then of what them are. You know, it's very funny because it's Republicans who often say when others talk about a shell corporation. Shell Corporation has a pejorative um, uh, connotation for sure. 
And when it is Republicans being criticized for shell corporations and shell organizations through which money is routed for conservative causes or whatever, they go, that's ad hominem. That's pejorative. Everything has been operating within the law. There's all sorts of reasons people set up LLCs. Now, all of a sudden, they are using the term shell corporation. Now, whether anything inappropriate is being done with a particular corporation should be evaluated on a case by case basis. But you have to zoom out here. It's been years and they have no proof of anything. They wanted Hunter to testify. If that provided any smoking gun, we would know it. But instead, all they have is we think that there were some inconsistencies between what Hunter and other witnesses have said. Wow, that's the smoking gun. And it is pathetic. Donald Trump's on again, off again lawyer Alina Haba has been caught brutally lying about Trump having cash. Yesterday, we learned due to court filings that Trump does not have the four hundred and fifty million dollars in cash that he needs in order to further the appeal of the New York fraud finding. And we have the documents to prove that, which we looked at earlier and we will look at again. But I want to call your attention to this interview that Alina Haba did um, 10 days ago, almost 10 days ago on Newsmax. She was asked, does Trump even have the money here to appeal sitting around? And Alina says, of course he does. My goodness. Just a little. My goodness. Um, <laughs> so Judge Engeron says that he wants this $350 million within 30 days. Now, I know that you're planning on appealing this, but you've still right. got to put up the full amount pending that appeal. Does Donald Trump have that kind yeah. of money sitting around? Yes. I mean, he does. Of course, he has money. You know, he's a billionaire. Um, we know that. Um, of course, he has the money. What a silly question from the Newsmax host. Of course, he has the money. And yet we now have the court filing that Trump doesn't have it. Once again, we'll put it up on the screen where Trump's lawyers write about the need to come up with four hundred and fifty four million in the absence of a stay on the terms herein outlined. Properties would likely need to be sold to raise capital under exigent circumstances. Trump's legal filing, right? Remember what Alina Haba says on Newsmax is not really a legal statement in the way that a court filing is. The court filings make clear Trump doesn't have the money. Not only that, not only doesn't he have doesn't he not have four hundred and fifty million. It's not even clear he has a hundred million because he's trying to get it lower to a hundred million against which he can secure some kind of bond deal from a bail bondsman equivalent for a fraction of that, probably 20 million. So is Trump a billionaire? I guess probably even under more realistic estimates of the values of his properties, he probably is a billionaire. Um, does he have the cash lying around that Alina Haba claims he has? Certainly not. And is he nearly as wealthy as he claims to be? Very, very obviously not. Lies everywhere, lies all the way down. Let's take a very quick break and we'll be back after this. Make sure you're subscribed over on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. You've heard me talk before about the show's financial accounts being hacked. It is a horrible experience. It can happen to anyone. Look at the stats and our sponsor Aura gives you peace of mind. Aura is the all in one solution to keep your accounts safe 
Aura scans the dark web for your personal info, emails, passwords, social security numbers, and alerts you if anything is found and helps you fix the problem fast. You also get alerts about suspicious credit inquiries. Aura protects all of your devices from malware with state of the art antivirus. And Aura helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices with really easy to use parental controls. You can try Aura for free for two weeks at Aura.com slash Pacman. Your usernames and passwords could already be floating around. It takes just seconds to find out using Aura's free trial. So you can change your passwords if you need to. That's AURA.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor, Henson Shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover, and they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensonshaving.com slash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's H E N S O N shaving.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. It's great to have back on the program Dr. John Gartner, who is the founder of Duty to Warn and former assistant professor at Johns Hopkins University Medical School. Uh, it's great to have you back on. I appreciate it. Great. It's great to, great to be back. So, you were back in the news over the last week or so. Um, with a number of articles quoting your opinions about what is being observed through the publicly available audio and video of President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump with regard to potential cognitive issues, dementia, gross dementia, memory loss, age related decline, etc. So we last had you on a while ago. I don't want to totally retread the perspective you have on the ethics of making these assessments. People like to mm -hmm. bring up the Goldwater rule, et cetera. But as we get into this, can you just give us the framework for people to understand the context in which you're making these comments? Neither Trump nor Biden are people you've personally examined in any way. Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, actually, I've interviewed a lot of experts in this field, uh, most of whom are unwilling to be quoted <laughs> uh, on the record. Um, but um, uh, one of the things they tell me is in clinical practice, most of this uh, diagnosis is made by observation uh, and by just talking to significant others. It's really not a, a, so, as much a clinical interview. And there's other things we use as well that we obviously don't have here, MRIs and neuropsychiatric evaluation. 
But what we are seeing is a lot of clinical symptoms that we know something about. Even actually a lot of the average people know a lot about these symptoms because they've had people in their family who've had dementia. The things that Joe Biden is evidencing are things that I evidence. He's been uh, mixed up people's names and mixed up dates. That's pretty much been the, the gist of it. And you know what? I'm getting to be 66. I mix up people's names. I mix up dates, but I still would rather have me as a psychologist now than the psychologist I was uh, 20 years ago. But you want to talk about memory. The kind of memory problems that Trump is showing are clear signs of dementia. The uh, Dementia Care Society said that when people have dementia, they begin to confuse people and generations. Not names and dates, people and generations. So, so talk a little own. bit about the difference. So and we can maybe talk yeah. through some examples, you know, on, on with regard to Joe Biden. Uh, there was this moment a few weeks ago where he referred to the Mexican president as El Sisi, who, of course, is not the, the Mexican president um, or times where he seems to kind of uh, mumble and, and kind of trail off, lose his train of thought or, or maybe look um, maybe disoriented on stage. Talk about that relative to what you observe with Trump. Well, actually, uh, some of these sort of nonverbal things are a little bit hard to characterize. But again, you're talking about the wrong name, the wrong date. Um, you know, I can call my older daughter, my younger daughter, my older daughter's name. Trump actually, on some days, thinks he's running against Nancy Pelosi and and, and Barack Obama. And I'm not mm. saying that to be funny. Uh, he's actually confusing people. On the stump, he said uh, that he was running against the person who was in charge of security at the Capitol. He said it more than once. In other words, he is actually confusing people. He's not confusing names. And the same thing with, he said seven times he's running against Barack Obama. Okay, that's not a slip or a gaffe. He now, he says he that it's satire. That. He now says it's sarcasm and satire meant to suggest that Obama's really in charge. Do you buy that? Not in the least. And he's told that lie a thousand times. Whenever he gets caught, he says he was joking. We know <laughs> by now that when he says he's joking, he's lying about joking. Joking is the way he covers up his cognitive decline or his other uh, horrible uh, things that he does in plain sight. But it's absolutely never true that he's joking. And by the way, when you look at these clips, he doesn't look like he's joking because one sign of cognitive decline is a lack of awareness that you have cognitive decline. When you are making these mistakes, you know, you don't correct yourself because you're not aware you've made a mistake. OK, whereas I think a lot of these name situations. Oh, no, of course. Sorry. The other one, you know, you, you immediately he shows no awareness of that. And so that's actually part of ironically part of the, the syndrome. Is there something that is being said in the media about either Biden or Trump that you think is in like flat out inaccurate? Well, yes, because they're they, basically what's happening is we're being gaslit again, okay, by a kind of whataboutism. The the narrative in the media: two old men are running for president. Is either of them really up to it? And there's a certain amount of ageism actually implied in that, you know, meaning that if you're old and you're showing some signs of an aging brain, you know, you're really not up to it. But what I'm saying is we're not making the differential diagnosis between an aging brain and a dementing brain. There's a big difference. OK. And Trump is showing the kind of confusion, not just of memory, but of language. He's showing a basic breakdown. And this is what the, all of the experts are telling me in his ability to use language. First of all, we're noticing an enormous regression. This is someone who used to be very articulate with a sophisticated vocabulary, who spoke in complete polished sentences and paragraphs. 
Now he has an impoverished vocabulary. He um, repeats himself and uses superlatives, which are also signs of, of dementia, and he can't complete a thought or can't even complete a word. And this gets to what I call the neurological smoking gun. Mm. Okay, All of the pe- experts I talked to said nobody without brain damage commits these kinds of of phonemic paraphasias, which we have dozens of examples of these, you know, blooper reels and whatnot. Instead of saying missiles, he says mishes. Instead of saying Christmas, he says Christus. These are non-words that he's using in place of real words that have the stem of the real word, but he's unable to complete the word. So he just kind of garbles uh, an ending. And there's lots of blooper reels, you know, I think Morning Joe had one and comedy shows have them, one of all of his mispronunciations, but it's not a joke. It's hard clinical evidence of brain damage. When I ask these people, do you ever see this in someone who is not brain damaged? They said no. So let me see if I can get the kind of big picture of what you are observing. On the one hand, we're using Trump's own baseline from the endless hours of prior interviews. You look at interviews from five years ago. They're very different. You go back to 10 and 15 years ago with Dave Letterman or whoever. Dramatically different. So we're looking at the baseline. You're also looking at the fact that some of these things aren't so much a verbal slip, but they're indicative that he's confused about the subject matter rather than this is a verbal or linguistic element. And then you're also talking about the phonemic paraphasia, the beneficies instead of beneficiaries or exactly uh, instead of renovation. And then if I recall correctly, there's the tangential speech. Now, talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah, thank you for for bringing that up, because that is another important component. When people uh, start to become demented, they become more tangential, they ramble, and they go from one sort of unrelated thought to another. Sometimes they kind of tie it together in a made-up story. We call this confabulation. Mm. Uh, And it's not lying. It's somehow trying to take all these disparate things and make a story out of it. And I'll give you a recent example. When Trump said something about the USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier, no one knew why he was talking about that. And he said, you know, they're not using the John Deere hydraulics. Mm. I don't know what that means, and neither do you. Um, they're using magnets. They're using magnets, he said. They're using magnets. And that's crazy because magnets melt in water. Okay. So when people, and this is what I mean about the press, even the press that picked up on this magnets melt in water comment, right? Uh, actually, you need to hear the whole ramble to really understand how disordered his thinking has become. In other okay. words, it wasn't just that he got I don't know that he said the ma- the magnets melt, but something like if they get wet, they stop working or something like that. Or they dissolve, dissolve. The, yeah, they dissolve. you're saying yeah. it's not just about a misunderstanding of how magnets work. It's that it was sort of like a series of non sequiturs that didn't logically follow from each other. Correct. And that is a formal thought disorder. That's not a I mean, that's something that we. That we're trained to assess. <laughs> Okay, and what I'm saying is the people who are specialists in this area are assessing it. And they're telling me they feel with 95 percent probability that he has dementia. They just don't want to sign their name to it because they're telling me they might lose their jobs. Let me ask you about something I've observed casually as a uh, as as the son of a psychiatrist, but not a medical professional myself. Um, There seem to sometimes be two different Trumps, and sometimes we call it high and low energy Trump. Sometimes it's called upper and downer Trump. And sometimes Trump will come out and he seems sped up to some degree. And I observe him doing the tangential speech you just described much more frequently. 
other times Trump comes out and he seems almost like depressed, bummed out to be there. He's using a lower tone of voice, speaking very slowly and seems like he just seems sad and depressed to some degree. Now, obviously, people have different energy levels on different days. You might be in a good mood or a bad mood. Who knows what went on five minutes before he went on stage? No. But is is that in any way relevant to what you're observing or talking about? I, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, because one of the reasons that we're being gaslit is I believe that Trump and I've written about this has a hypomanic temperament. So he had biologically he has a lot of energy. So when he's on, he's charismatic. He's this shows a bullish kind of energy. And that is part of his uh, his charismatic appeal, obviously. Hmm. But you do see these dramatic changes. And now that I mention this, you will start to notice it. You notice this dramatic change in demeanor, like you described when he can't find a word right before. His eyes go blank. His jaw goes slack. Suddenly he looks confused. And then he talks in a slurred way. Yeah. Tries to say the word. And sometimes he tries to say the word several times, like, again, this weekend. He tried to say three years later, but he said three years, lady, lady, lady. It was like an engine with a bad battery trying to turn over. He was just trying to say later, but he kept saying lady, lady and it was slurring while he was saying it. So in other words, look, just like people with Alzheimer's have sundowning, right? They can be fine at one in the afternoon and then at five, they're, they're, they're off the hook, okay, and disoriented, okay? He becomes momentarily disoriented and you can see it in his whole mm -hmm. demeanor. And, and so now that I mentioned, it's not just the slip of the, uh, not just that he's not using the word, you can literally see he's, his, the lights are out mentally. Someone has pulled the plug and he is not there. When it comes to the Joe Biden stuff, uh, it seems to me that in general, if you have someone who's in their 80s running the country, it makes mm -hmm. sense to have a backup plan and to know exactly what happens if X, Y or Z. Now, with presidents, we know that there's a vice president and then we have the mm -hmm. speaker of the house, et cetera. Increasingly, there's a discussion from some about Joe Biden might not make it to November. And what do we do? What does the Democratic Party do? Because there isn't really a primary being run, et cetera. From a strictly actuarial perspective, does it seem logical to you, at least for the Democratic Party, to have an answer to that question? You know, I think the Democratic Party is very bad at politics. True. <laughs> and I think that um, I would actually disagree with you and I would take an opposite tack. I think really? we need to take in the sense that instead of answering that question, we need to reassure the people that Joe Biden is here. Uh, I think he's running sort of a rose garden campaign and he's he, he needs to show us Uncle Joe. OK, we need to feel like we know him, like he's with us. Uh, I don't care if he commits a gaffe. <laughs> I don't care if he gets someone's name wrong. We don't need to be hit, but we need to know he's with us and he's here. He's actually doing a good job, by the way. You I know, agree I with that. People, I agree with that and, for and, sure. And, and people actually, again, sort of, you know, I say to people, look, you know, I, I mess up patients appointments now. I never used to do that. I used to have it all in my head, you know, and I'm calling someone up. Oh, hey, Joe, I, where are you? Dr. Gardner, I told you we're not meeting this week. Didn't you remember? Oh, sorry. You know, mm. Meanwhile, I'd rather have me as a psychologist now than the me of 20 years ago because I'm wiser. OK, and so the point is, is, yeah, or maybe Joe has a you know, because he's a normal president, he's got an army of advisors and technocrats, right, backing him up and giving him options and, and, and yeah, helping to structure and organize his day and his decision making process. 
that team is in place. He's using it well, and he's using his judgment and his wisdom and his humanity uh, to make good decisions. Okay, that's really the. I mean, yes, anyone can die. That would be really messed up. But I, I think there's really a way in which the press is really committing a kind of ageism. You know, um, yes, I get it. His voice is a little raspy. He's got apparently m muscle uh, tension. You know, from his uh, that he recently had a White House physical. He doesn't walk with a lot of. Um, you know, limber sort of uh, energy. Apparently he's got some muscle stiffness. I mean, meanwhile, the guy still tries to ride his bike at the Delaware uh, National Park, God bless him, you know? I mean, <laughs> he's not, don't count him out. I think we need to see him in. That's my personal opinion. I don't know do the you, answer um, to the constitutional question that you're- that Do you're you writing. agree that, uh, and by the way, you know, I, I, I'm essentially uh, seeing this the, the, the way that you are. Do you agree that there's some superficial way you mentioned the raspy voice and the moving around maybe with a lack of effervescence and, and this sort of thing? Do you agree that this, the picture of it all sometimes gives the superficial impression that Trump actually is, quote, healthier? And I know that that's such a fraught term because what are we talking about? Mental health, cardiovascular health. What are we talking about? Do you energy, see how got a lot of energy you see how someone could see the two and say Trump seems healthier? That's why the doctors need to speak. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm trying to explain is that if you're not trained, you don't know that a phonemic paraphasia is a neurological smoking gun. What you know is what you see. And so if one guy looks a little slower or talks a little raspier, he looks like he's got less ability. Um, but what we have is a whole basically it's like the emperor's the man who would be emperor has a broken brain mm. and all of the people see it and know it but but the people who have the authority to say it aren't saying it because of things like the goldwater rule you know it's really interesting there's a different atmosphere now than there was in 2018 a lot of the people that spoke out uh in 2018 are afraid to speak out now and what because, is it exactly they're afraid of well one of them has already told me his promotion's been held up because of his past uh, trump activities huh. um you know, the thing is, is that when we first came out, who we defined the American Psychiatric Association? You know, what are they going to do to us? <laughs> you know, people say, you're so brave, Dr. Gardner. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't even work for Hopkins anymore. They can't even fire me. <laughs> but, but what's, what's changed now? now? Is there's yeah. A, what's changed now is people feel like the, this politically violent, repressive regime could take over. And there's mm. an atmosphere of reprisal and revenge and also kind of an ethos that that's OK, that maybe your boss might feel that he could take revenge, you know, because that's the new thing you're supposed to do to the people who, you know, say bad things about the dear leader. That is uh, that is chilling, for lack of a better term, and uh, hopefully at least we will get a more precise coverage of this from corporate media between now and November, if if nothing else, although I'm not super optimistic, I have to admit. Yeah, well, you know, one of the reasons I'm sort of getting out here and, 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 and saying all this is because uh, we need to get that message into the into the mainstream media, right? Uh, because right now the narrative is just that they've got this, you know, both sides and two old men narrative down pat. And actually, they, there's also a disproportionate way that they edit the tape. You know, they focus so much on every stumble uh, or, or malpropism of Biden's, but then they edit it out, the, 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 the mad rambling rants, you know. So if he has an, a rally and, 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 and five minutes of it is incomprehensible, 
That's actually the most important five minutes. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. Well, it doesn't fit into co corporate media isn't going to run a five minute portion of the speech that you would need to understand the, the, the rambling context. They just don't do that. They want 15 seconds. Well, even yeah, right. <clears throat> so part of it, you're right, is the is the uh, time limit. But they rarely show the you, you'll see it on late night television. You'll see it on Twitter, yeah. but you won't you won't see it on the six o'clock news. But that's the headline. The man who's running for president is unable to use English coherently. Right. Wow. Uh, we've been speaking with Dr. John Gartner, founder of Duty to Warn and former assistant professor at Johns Hopkins University Medical School. Always great having you on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Next time you're shopping online, getting someone a gift, check out our sponsor Deal Dash. You can get some great deals. Here's how it works. When stores and warehouses have excess merchandise, they send it to Deal Dash for cheap. So Deal Dash can sell it to you for pennies on the dollar. And we're only talking about brand new items, nothing used at all. You buy bids up front to auction on the items. For example, 30 bucks for 400 bids. Every auction starts at zero dollars. There's no minimum. Each bid increases the price by a penny. If no one bids only 10 seconds after you bid, you win. And the important part is if you don't win, you can still choose to buy the item for the listed price and get your bids back and use them for something else. That's why a lot of people really like the deal dash system. Right now I'm bidding on this nice casserole dish. I've been meaning to get one for a while. And if I can get a really good price on deal dash, even better. Everybody can find something they need on deal dash. Go to deal dash.com slash Pacman. You will get 100 free bids with your first bid pack purchase when you use my promo code Pacman. That's deal dash.com slash Pacman for 100 free bids. The info is in the podcast notes. In the midst of legal defeat after legal defeat and the possibility of a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, now that the Supreme Court has said they will indeed hear Donald Trump's presidential immunity case, the failed former president took to Truth Social late last Truth night Central. and released a series of videos about how the radical left is taking over. Immigrants are committing rampant crime and Joe Biden has dementia. This is as unstable and disoriented as we've seen Trump during these videos, which often you can tell from how they're cut together, require endless takes for Trump to get it even close to acceptably right. This is the best they could do. And listen to these wild allegations that Trump hurls around. The radical left Democrats are at it again. They're constantly making up stories about me because their candidate is a mental and physical basket case. It's never <laughs> been anything like it. He's also the worst president in the history of our country. He went on a very poorly rated show last night, and he talked about Donald Trump and his wife. I don't know the name of my wife. Now, I'm going to be very clear with you. I already said to you guys that clip was wrongly taken out of context. There's a clip floating around made to seem as though Trump thinks his own wife's name is Mercedes. That's not what it is. And in a clumsy way, Trump explains that here. We've got to stop making this case because we, we have lots of real cognitive gaffes from Trump. The Mercedes Melania one is is just being incorrectly reported. And Trump seizes on that. Here. He was referring to the fact that at CPAC, where I had a sold out speech, the biggest audience they've had in years, I think maybe ever, 
I made the statement that Melania was very popular because right. when I mentioned her name, the audience went wild. I then looked at the two people, man and wife, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp, and I said, wow, they really like the first lady. So this got taken as the fact that I thought Mercedes was the first lady it has nothing. Trump is we gave this to Trump. OK, now, I mean, I didn't participate in it, but those who reported that Trump referred to Melania as Mercedes, we gave this to Trump. Now, in a second, he's going to go completely off the rails anyway. What to do with that. These people are really dishonest. They are absolutely something. They have a horrible candidate who's a horrible president. They make up things constantly. You take a look at when I use Barack Hussein Obama and I interject him into where it's supposed to be Biden. And I do it purposely for comedic reasons. And now this is where Trump's off the rails. We've looked at a number of these examples of Trump talking about we got to get Obama out and this and that. Uh, first of all, there's nothing comedic about it. There's no indication it's satire. Here is Trump trying to cover up his gaffes and it gets worse for sarcasm, because a lot of people say that Obama is running the country, not Biden, because he's sleeping all the time. They say, <laughs> oh, I don't know the name of the president or when I imitate this guy getting off a stage. What they do is they say, oh, he had trouble getting off a stage. I have no trouble getting off a stage. Anybody that watches what I do at rallies would say, wow, that's amazing. He yeah. can go two hours without a teleprompter, not making even a. And you might have noticed the very awkward cut there. And you can even hear it in the audio because Trump can't get through these two minute videos without uh, multiple takes. Little mistake. Very few people, maybe almost nobody can do what I do. So here's the story. The disinformation of the Democrats is unbelievable. They do it because they have a horrible candidate. Don't associate me with the mental midget that you portray, because I want to tell you, <laughs> he should not be leading this country. And hopefully on November 5th, he's not going to be. We're going to have a big election. We're going to have a big victory. There you go. So Trump seizing on one falsely reported story but saying it is Biden who has he's a basket case. He doesn't know what's going on and he is sleeping all the time. Trump also focusing on so-called migrant crime and immigrants are taking over and destroying America. A nice little xenophobic coda to this entire fiasco. Migrant crime is taking over America. Remember, legal and illegal immigrants commit crime at a lower rate than natural born U.S. citizens. That's the baseline. The baseline from Trump is a lie. From his very first day, Joe Biden allowed an invasion of our country, resettling dangerous illegal aliens from all over the world into American communities to prey on our people. The latest <laughs> victim of Joe Biden's premeditated border invasion is Lakin Riley. Last week, Lakin went out for her morning jog and never came back home. These are the lurid anecdotes, which, of course, could be done uh, you know, in any context, but they are very strategically selected by Trump. A Biden migrant has been charged with brutally attacking her, beating her, kidnapping her and murdering her on the campus of the University of Georgia. This monster should never have been allowed in our country. He was released at Crooked Joe's orders and set loose into our country. The radical left Democrats then released him onto the public yet a second time after he was arrested in New York for injuring a child. How many more innocent victims must be harmed and how much more innocent blood must be spilled until we stop this invasion, this horrible, horrible invasion and remove these illegal alien criminals from our country? 
As president, I will carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. And remember that due to some leaked uh, uh, information, we know that Trump plans to militarize those deportations and even place migrants in camps. So it's all very ugly. This is a strategy Trump has employed for a long time. Lurid anecdotes related to migrants while ignoring the big picture that on a statistical percentage basis, the most likely individuals to commit crimes of all kinds are natural born Americans born in the United States as U.S. citizens. Trump is scared. He's disoriented. He's vindictive. But most importantly, he wants to keep himself out of prison. And that's what's motivating accurately or inaccurately, whether it's likely to work or not. That is much of what is motivating everything that Trump is doing surrounding this campaign. I want to do a little follow up about Tyler Boebert, the arrested son of Lauren Boebert. Now, again, I want to make sure I give these disclaimers because yesterday people said if you had not given the disclaimers, I would have wondered about this. If Tyler Boebert were a minor and were not someone that Lauren Boebert talked about and Lauren Boebert were not regularly admonishing others for how they raise their kids. I would not be talking about Tyler Boebert. OK, Tyler Boebert is um, an adult. He is someone Lauren Boebert has talked about in the context of she being a 36 year old grandmother to um, a teen dad, uh, to her teen dad's son's kid. Uh, and also she is regularly telling other people how to raise their kids. He has been arrested, charged with 22 crimes, five of which are felonies, and the details are now coming out and they are sick, including that one of the victims of Tyler Boebert was a woman with a brain tumor. A woman with a brain tumor was allegedly robbed by Tyler Boebert. Colorado politics has a story. Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert's son arrested for felony trespassing and property theft. Um, this a series of crimes includes vehicle trespassing, property thefts, breaking into vehicles, stealing wallets, using stolen debit cards and gift cards and cash to go on spending sprees. Uh, and incredibly, incredibly, uh, let me find the brain tumor part here. I want to make sure I get to that. One of the victims told police she has a brain tumor. She lost seventy five dollars in cash which she said was the only money she has, according to the arrest document. Um, you know, there's a lot going on here. And when you see an 18 year old dad accused of 22 crimes, five felonies, including stealing money from a woman with a brain tumor, who was down to her last 75 bucks. Um, you have to look at the parents. And in this case, the parents are a mess. One of the parents is a public figure. It's Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. And the real issue here is if she weren't going around wanting to legislate morality and ethics and telling others how to raise their kids, your kid comes to you and says, hey, you know what? I want to go by she. You tell them no and you raise them right. Who is she to be giving other parents that advice? Who is she to be saying 
what is the right and wrong way to raise kids when she is in a situation where she's a 36 year old grandmother to the child of her 18 year old kid? I guess she, she's probably 37 or 38 by now. At the time that she announced she was going to be a grandmother, she was 36. Who are you to be telling other people these things? So Tyler Boebert is troubled and he obviously needs help. Uh, he is legally an adult, of course and is going to have to take responsibility for what he's accused of doing if indeed it is adjudicated that he did these things, if he's found guilty or, or takes a plea. But the audacity and the craven and brazen nature uh, of these Republicans who go around telling everybody else how to raise their kids and the right way to live, they need to look inwardly and it should just remind us that um, they don't have the moral high ground very far from it. It's an extraordinary. I mean, listen, I feel bad for the kid because, you know, when you end up in this situation at 18, you have to look at the parents. And so in a sense, the kid is a victim, but he is going to have to be responsible for the things he allegedly did if he indeed is found guilty. Stealing from a woman with a brain tumor. Unbelievable. Uh, we have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller who is reacting to everybody else who has been not everybody else. She is reacting to those who say if you're doing something that is supposedly the right thing, you shouldn't make money doing oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad, right? Alex Jones and others have said, oh, you're making money with your show. I thought you did it because you're getting out the messages you think are right. Well, why can't it be both? Why can't therapists who do good work helping people also be well compensated? Why can't? Yeah. So anyway, here's the caller saying, David, it's OK for you to make money with the show. I'm sorry. I have to call back because I just heard something else that was said against you. Uh, yeah. By the way, this is a country. This is a capitalist country. You have a right to make money. You're working very hard to bring incredible information to people that are, well, a lot of them are, well, ignorant. And they need, they are totally misinformed and they need misinformation desperately, desperately, desperately. So don't listen to these naysayers. They, mm. they, they're idiots and you need, you, you deserve to make money. You are a human being that is working in the United States of America for the love of God. And you're know, always making money. So go at it, brother man. There you go. All right. At least one person says, Oh, so you want to make money, but everybody else who makes money is bad, but it's OK for you to make money. So anyway, I appreciate that. Um, and by the way, we employ people. The show creates jobs. We've got to pay them. You know, it's a it's all it's all uh, uh, stimulative economically. I think that's an important takeaway as well. Listen, we have a great bonus show for you today. We are going to go over the arguments made uh, during the Supreme Court hearing about bump stocks and machine guns. And there are some important takeaways. We are going to talk about the Florida response to the measles outbreak and how it has been a very troubling response to experts on communicative communicable disease. And we will do a follow up on yesterday's story about surge pricing at Wendy's due to blowback from yesterday's report. Wendy's now says we aren't going to make food really expensive when everybody's trying to come in for dinner. They're saying that's not at all what we're going to do. So we will uh, explore the clarification from Wendy's. What is their plan? Get instant access to the bonus show by signing up at joinpacman.com. Get the full experience 
And you can, of course, use the coupon code SAVEDEMOCRACY24 to save off of the cost of a membership. I'll see you then, and I'll be back tomorrow with a Friday show.